evidence and answers. You're listening to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucrin. Pat is a popular teacher, speaker, and author in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Each week, Pat and his friends provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ. This week, we will continue on with part two of a message Dr. Ron Rhodes started the last time we were together entitled, The Truth About Ghosts, Mediums, and Psychic Phenomena. This was taken from our recent Hawaii Apologetics Conference. Each year, Pat hosts this conference, which features some of the premier Christian scholars and apologists from around our nation. Our theme this year was Evidence of Life Beyond the Grave and featured noted Christian scholars, Dr. Gary Habermas and Dr. Ron Rhodes. Here's Dr. Rhodes with the conclusion to this study. Well, you know, there's a lot of signs, allegedly, that a ghost may be present. Some of this you're going to think is nonsensical, but here you see Dan Aykroyd, who claimed that one of the signs that he knew that there was a ghost in his room was the movement and displacement of jewelry on his Chester drawers. That was the proof. Or you might hear a whisper nearby. You might hear auditory signs. You know, you might hear some strange sounds coming. Or pets may engage in strange actions. Here you see the movie Poltergeist with a dog barking at the ceiling because above the ceiling is where is what's called the vortex zone. The vortex zone is allegedly an area where the veil between this world and the next world is very thin and spirits can come in and out. So here you have this dog barking up at the vortex zone. Or you might just have a lot of nightmares, kind of like I did. Or it may be that the room suddenly becomes cold. There's a sudden breeze in the room where you might have some strange smells and lights might go off and on. And my favorite, toilets might randomly flush. I mean, you got to admit, if you're sitting there in your house and your toilet flushes with nobody in there, that would be kind of strange, wouldn't it? Or electrical appliances might go on and off. Other signs, you might be having a feeling that you're being watched by someone, or the hair might rise on the back of your neck, or there might be a tap on your shoulder. Perhaps a person brushes past you. Maybe even chairs might stack themselves on top of each other, as you see in the Poltergeist movie. Could be some electronic voice phenomena or white noise, as you see here, with a ghost appearing in the white noise of your TV set. Now again, you and I as Christians look at this stuff and we think it's pretty bizarre, but you must understand that millions and millions of Americans have bought into these kinds of ideas. It's also the possibility of fog-like apparitions, allegedly. Here you see a fog-like hand coming out of the television touching this young girl, and there are many psychics who believe in that phenomenon. Now back in my book table, we'll be selling the ghost meter that you see here. I'm kidding about that. We don't actually have it. But it is being sold on eBay for $30. And if a ghost is present, the needle will spike. And it's even got a 30-day money-back guarantee for this ghost meter. Okay? There are paranormal investigation teams that use high-tech equipment that detect ghosts, including those cameras I was telling you about, thermal cameras and audio recordings and so forth. And so there's just a lot of things that psychics teach. I've given you sort of a crash course just moments ago, but the thing that I want to do is to spend most of my time on how Christians can respond and interpret this stuff. That way Christians can understand why it's not good and why we ought to resist this, why we should not succumb to an occultic worldview and rather keep our minds focused on Christ and the Bible. Does that make sense? So how can we respond? Well, we must take a biblical approach. You love the Bible, right? Well, I'm a big believer in taking a biblical approach. I'm reminded of a little second grade girl 
who uh, came home from Sunday school one day and she was so excited about what she learned. And her daddy said to her, well, why are you so excited about what you learned in Sunday school? And she said, oh, daddy, it was just so cool because you see, God created Adam first and then God saw that it was not good for Adam to be alone. So God put Adam to sleep and took out his brains and made a woman of them. And the women said, okay. And the men said, no, that's not in the Bible. That's in second illusions. Okay. That's not in the Bible. All right, that's a funny story, but it illustrates the fact. I mean, we need to focus on the Bible because the Bible tells us a lot about psychic phenomena. 40 Days Through Revelation is a devotional and inspirational book that helps you to understand what's going on in the book of Revelation. And then finally, the big book of Bible Answers. Some of you may remember that I did the Bible Answer Man for eight years. I kept a running log of all the questions that come up over and over again. And this has got over 500 questions commonly asked. And so if you're looking for an apologetics book that has all those answers, this book may help you. All right, some general observations about psychic phenomena and ghosts. Let's begin by noticing that ghost phenomena is experience-based. It's based on feelings, not objective data. It's highly subjective, which means that it's easily misinterpreted. A breeze to one person might be a ghost to another person, if you get what I mean. Furthermore, there are many inaccurate reports. There are experiences that are not necessarily accurately reported. You know, a guy might say one week, I caught a fish this big. The next week he says, I caught a fish this big. You know, a month later he's going, I caught a fish this big. You know, people have a tendency to embellish their experiences. It's common. Same thing is true of the UFO reports at Roswell. The initial people who saw something at Roswell said, we saw a bunch of debris on the ground. Two years later, these same people were interviewed and they said they saw a flying saucer that crashed with two alien bodies on the ground. Almost 10 years later, these same people were interviewed and they said, yeah, we saw an alien spacecraft on the ground with nine alien bodies. I mean, the story was growing by the decade. All I'm saying is this, it's a natural tendency for human beings to embellish their experiences. And you gotta keep that in mind when you're dealing with ghost phenomena. Furthermore, you need to consider the influences of the sleep state. A great majority of ghost appearances, and I'm talking about alleged appearances, happen to people when they're coming out of the sleep state. So when a person wakes up, their cognitive and perceptual abilities may be very weak. And uh, you might experience something that's not real, or you might hear something that is not real. So you gotta be careful about that. Furthermore, it's really easy to misinterpret the facts. I read a, you know, one report that talked about how because the painting was suddenly hanging crooked, that indicated a ghost was present. Not necessarily. I can think of a lot of things that would make that picture crooked. Or the tablecloth on the kitchen table was hanging off to the side, and, and why well, I would never push it off to the side like that, so a ghost must have done it. Well, let me tell you something. Extraordinary claims need extraordinary proof. Does that sound reasonable? Extraordinary claims need some extraordinary proof. Furthermore, you need to consider the power of suggestion and conditioning. Did you know that back in the European witch craze, when everybody was talking about witches, there were virtually thousands of reports of seeing witches in the sky. Back when the UFO phenomena became big in the 50s and 60s, everybody was seeing UFOs in the sky. All I'm saying is people have a tendency to see what they're conditioned to see. I wouldn't have seen it if I hadn't believed it, is the way it goes.
All right, so you need to keep that in mind. Furthermore, there's a significant correlation between the movies and TV shows that you see on paranormal phenomena and the way that people are describing their ghost experiences. Why is that? Why is it that people are describing their ghost encounters almost identical to a lot of the stuff that you're seeing on television? I mean, it makes you wonder a little bit. Now, that's just foundational stuff that I just gave you. I need to also give you some warnings about the occult. Here's a good friend of mine, Marcia Montenegro. She's a former psychic. She used to do this stuff for a living. And she says this, as my psychic abilities expanded, so did the frightening experiences. Many of my friends and associates in the occult often had similar experiences. In fact, it is a common practice for psychics to call on benevolent protective forces to, uh, or to visualize white light before spirit contact. Now, you remember Kevin Ryerson, the psychic of Shirley MacLaine? Somebody in the audience raised their hand and said, I was listening to CRI's Bible Answer Man broadcast last week, and they said there's a lot of demonic phenomena going on here. I turned to Elliot Miller, my associate, and I said, run for your life. I said that because I was the one who had said that on the Bible Answer Man. And here's what Kevin Ryerson said. He said that God is his psychic bodyguard. God is his psychic bodyguard. So he does not have to worry about demonic spirits. The point is, they've got an answer for everything. But the truth of the matter is, you mess around with the occult, you're going to get burned. You get too close to the fire, you will get burned. Do not play with this stuff. What we've noticed in doing detailed studies of people who have come out of occultism is that while they were in occultism, they experienced compulsive thoughts, destructive tendencies, a tendency toward violence, mental illness, psychoses, blasphemous thoughts, an aversion to God's word and to prayer, instability, and severe depression. Now that's pretty serious. That's pretty serious. Do you really want to make a choice that's going to result in that kind of stuff in your life? I must also tell you that under no uncertain terms, God condemns all forms of occultism. Leviticus 9.26 is a good example. Do not practice divination or sorcery. Further, the very attempt to contact the dead is forbidden. It says this, let no one be found among you who is a medium or spiritist or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Now can I tell you that this word detestable is very intense in the Hebrew. It's like an abomination. It's an abomination and an affront to God for you to mess around with occultism. When somebody tells you they are a Christian psychic, do not believe it. This stuff is an abomination to our God. Further, God considers it to be spiritual adultery. Scripture says, if a person turns to mediums and necromancers, whoring after them, I will set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. Physical adultery starts with flirtations. You know, people don't generally just jump into to adultery full-fledged. They flirt first. The same thing can be true with psychic phenomena. You know, you might sort of tiptoe in and flirt with it a little bit. But the more that you flirt with it, the bigger it becomes in your life. You don't want that to happen. Cut it off now. Don't get involved. It's condemned by God. Still further, in the Old Testament, people who involve themselves in this stuff 
were deserving of the death penalty. You see, that's pretty serious. It shows you how seriously God considers it. Furthermore, the dead are not even available for contact when you look at what Scripture has to say. Scripture indicates that if you're a believer, where are you? You're in heaven, right? If you're a believer, you're in heaven. You depart and be with Christ, as Philippians 1.21 says. 2 Corinthians 5.8 says that to be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. Psychics cannot penetrate the realm of heaven. Christians are not available for contact. And likewise, unbelievers are not available for contact. If you're an unbeliever and you die, your spirit departs the body and goes to a place of confinement where you are being punished while you await the great white throne judgment. That's the clear teaching of 2 Peter 2.9, which says that the Lord knows how to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. They are not roaming on earth. They are not available for contact. What then is going on with these psychics? How do we account for what they're doing? Well, some of their stuff is based on the law of averages. How many of you have seen psychics on TV? Okay, a good number of you. I've heard psychics talk about a variety of things, including earthquakes in California. Okay. I heard one psychic on television talk about how he was predicting continued hostilities between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Okay. Oh, really? You think? Yeah. There was one guy, one psychic, that was predicting the soon death of Pope John Paul II. And do you remember when the Pope was just really, really old toward the end? He was kind of walking around kind of like this. I mean, he was just, just like that. And he was really old. He looked like he was about to keel over. It's quite obvious he was in his latter days. So the psychic says, I'm predicting that the Pope is going to die soon. This kind of stuff doesn't impress me. You know what does impress me? What impresses me is a prophet prophesying hundreds of years in advance that the Messiah would be born of a virgin, you know, in Bethlehem and would be pierced for our sins and would be from the line of David and from the line of Abraham, you know, all those kind of things. Hundreds of years in advance. That's what impresses me. Furthermore, psychics are inaccurate. When you look at the pool of you know, prophecies they've given, just to give you a few, uh, one said that our American troops would be pulled out of Iraq by July 2004. Didn't happen. Martha Stewart would not go to jail, one major psychic said. Well, she actually did go to jail. The Giants will win the series against Cleveland in Game 7 in 2005. Didn't happen. Or what about Sylvia Brown here, who was on national radio when the minor tragedy struck, and she psychically predicted that all of them would live. Everyone died but one. This is the kind of things that they do. But what about the biblical prophets by contrast? Yeah, 100%. A biblical prophet is 100% accurate. Big difference, wouldn't you say? Psychics often give excuses for their misses. I've actually seen them on Larry King give these kind of excuses. For example... James von Prague was on Larry King and he was talking to a caller and he kept getting everything that he was saying wrong. Everything he said was wrong. And so John Edward, who was on the show with him, said, ah, I'm I'm getting the, the revelation here. I am sensing that these revelations are correct, but they are correct for a person in a parallel building, somebody next door. Or... Yes, yes, it could be for somebody who has already lived and then died. It's true for that person. You see, that's just a bunch of nonsense. There was one person by the name of Char Margolis who was on the Larry King show. 
And Larry King asked her, well, what about all the times that you miss? And you know what she said? Well, there's a lot of trickster spirits out there. They like to play tricks on us. And that's why we get it wrong so often, you see. Or they might say this. Let's say like you're in psychic contact with your grandma. And then you say, well, that doesn't sound like my grandma. My grandma wouldn't say something like that. And so what they're going to say to you is this. Well, when you pass over to the other side, your personality changes because you leave all the baggage behind, you see. So it makes very good sense that they seem completely unlike your, you know, what you remember them to be. These are psychic excuses. Don't fall for it. They also typically fish for information. Now, I'm going to be a, a psychic right now, okay? I'm going, to, I'm going to show you what I mean. And I want you to respond, okay? I sense that some of you have a dead relative and the last name or first name begins with an R or an S or maybe a D, T, N or M. Anyone here? Yes. And then I might say to you something like this. I sense that you own something that is a closed circle, perhaps a necklace or a bracelet or a ring. I sense that you own that. Now let me tell you folks, you're going to hit the majority of the population. If you say something like that. But that's exactly what these guys are doing. They are fishing for information. They also engage in fraud. I mentioned this earlier. James Von Prague consciously pumps people for information prior to TV shows. John Edward does the same thing. In fact, on Dateline, he was caught saying the following. He said, the spirits are telling me to acknowledge Anthony. That's what the spirits are saying right now. And then the cameraman said, hey, that's me. And then uh, Edward said, that's you? Really? That's you? Well, it turns out that that same cameraman did a TV show with Edward earlier in the day. And they had done a lot of talking with each other. Dateline found out about it, and Dateline confronted him. My point being is that these guys engage in fraud. However, I must tell you that not all is a hoax, because there are some genuine encounters with spirits, but they are not the spirits of dead people. They are demonic spirits. They are wicked spirits that are demons. Uh, They're lying spirits. And it's my belief that some of these lying spirits are more than willing to mimic human beings if the result is millions of people will be deceived into believing that spiritism is true. Does that make sense? Walter Martin, my old friend, I was with him up until the end. But he talked about this as well. Not all psychic phenomena can be easily dismissed as a hoax. There is a genuine spiritual dimension involving demonic phenomena. And unfortunately, too many people are being deceived by these spirits. For this reason, we should test the spirits. 1 John 4.1. Now here's something that I've discovered. I've compiled some of the basic teachings of these spirits from the other side as communicated through psychics. And here's what I found. These spirits never say anything that affirms the Bible. They speak against the Bible. They offer blasphemous reinterpretations of Christ. They deny man's sin problem and the need for redemption. They consistently say human beings are God. They speak against the need for Christ's redemptive work and his resurrection. They say that there is no hell. They say that heaven is for everyone, no matter what you believe. Now you tell me, what kind of spirit does that sound like? Does that sound like a demonic spirit set out to deceive human beings? I think that's exactly what this is. And unfortunately, millions are falling for it. Satan is a great masquerader. In 2 Corinthians eleven 14, we're told that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. And sometimes there's masquerading as dead people. 
Keep in mind, Satan has his own church, the synagogue of Satan. He has his own ministers, ministers of darkness that bring false sermons. He has his own system of theology, doctrines of demons. He promotes a counterfeit gospel. He has his own throne, according to Revelation 13. He inspires false Christs and false teachers and false prophets and false apostles. Is it any surprise to you that he also counterfeits God's prophetic ability and inspires psychics to inspire or or predict false doctrine? I think it makes good sense. And that's why we're having this conference. We want to make you aware of what's going on out there. Now, I know what you're thinking. Before I close tonight, I would not dare think of closing my session without dealing with the most commonly asked question. And that is, what about the medium of Endor? What was going on there? Well, you know, that's a very controversial passage. You know, this is a a verse that talks about King Saul's experience with the medium of Endor. So what's going on? Well, the first view says that the witch worked a miracle by demon powers and brought Samuel back from the dead. I think that view is unlikely because scripture reveals that death is final in Hebrews 9.27. The dead cannot return, and furthermore, demons cannot overrun or overpower God's authority over life and death. So that viewpoint doesn't make good sense to me. A second view is that the witch did not bring up Samuel from the dead, but a demonic spirit impersonated him. I don't think that makes good sense either. After all, scripture seems to say that Samuel did in fact return. And he provided a prophecy that actually came to pass. And a demon's not going to give you a true prophecy, right? So it's unlikely that a demon would have uttered God's truth. So I don't like that viewpoint. A third viewpoint, which I hold to, is that God sovereignly and miraculously allowed Samuel's spirit to appear to rebuke Saul for his sin. Samuel's spirit did not appear as a result of the woman's powers, but only because God sovereignly brought it about. Keep in mind that when the woman saw Samuel, what did she do? She shrieked with fear. She wasn't expecting Samuel to really show up. And so she shrieked with fear. Uh, that, That sort of indicates that she was normally up to tricking people. So it seems like to me that this is something that might be categorized as descriptive and not prescriptive. In other words, it describes something that God allowed to happen one time, but it does not prescribe something that should be happening in every century since that time. Does that make sense? So this verse cannot be used in order to support psychic phenomena. Now, we've covered a lot of ground tonight. So let me just tie it together this way. It's really quite simple. We as Christians ought to trust in God alone. Amen? One of my favorite passages is Psalm 62. And in that passage, we read, My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall never be shaken. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. You think it's a good idea for you and I as Christians to seek God alone in all things? Doesn't it seem rather simple? Who would be against that idea? Satan would. Satan through psychics communicates. Don't do it by God alone. Consult the dead through the psychics. Scripture is very clear. Stay away from psychics. Find your salvation in God alone. And my final exhortation to you is let's be like the Bereans. You see, the Bereans received the word of God with all eagerness. But they examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were true. You see, they took what the Apostle Paul said 
and tested everything he said against the scriptures. If you ever see anybody on TV, on Larry King or any other TV show, and they say anything that goes against the word of God, the word of God is your barometer of truth. The word of God is what will keep you safe. The word of God is what will keep you on track. There are no exceptions to that. My friends, we are living in experiential times. People are basing their beliefs on feelings and experiences and encounters. Do not, do not fall for it. This is exceedingly dangerous stuff that every Christian must stay away from. Keep grounded in God alone. Keep grounded in the scriptures. I know it's late, but I thank you for your attention. God bless you. Once again, we've run out of time, but we're so grateful that you've joined us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. This concludes our study with Dr. Ron Rhodes. Evidence and Answers is a ministry of the Pacific Apologetics Center, a subsidiary of the Bible Institute of Hawaii. Evidence and Answers relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. If you would like to team with us, please start with prayer. And then to donate, please log on to our website at evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers is brought to you by our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions for more than 20 years. To learn more, visit their website at hcmlp.com. Join us here next week for more evidence and answers.